it all in perspective for all y'all enjoy me the song y'all can step with yo people what's going down yes it's some more chin check action coming right at you this week ah uh, so we just had ufc 240 max blessed holloway against frankie the answer edgar um and yeah it was a fun event so we've got that and we've got week six of dana white's contender series so um yeah let's get into um that ufc 240 coverage okay so um yeah we've just had ufc 240 which took place in um edmonton canada at rogers rogers place uh this was the card that was being spearheaded by max holloway the frankie edgar we were finally gonna see what would happen with this fight um it'd been booked a few times but due to injury and and stuff it just never happened um so yeah it, it was like oh finally taking place and um yeah it's it's not been a bad card like um yeah definitely some interesting fights like um i think one of the first ones that i was really interested in was on the early prelims it was Gillian robinson against sarah frota and um frota is like a legit jiu-jitsu black belt and she's not bad on her feet very powerful striker so it was a bit like oh what was gonna happen in this because robinson you know i mean as her nickname is she's a savage you know she's very tenacious she's got good jujitsu you know she can ground and pound you like she's really good but she's young in the game so it was it was really interesting to see this fight unfold and from the beginning Frota showed you know she had fast hands she was moving around a lot and um you know she got Robinson down and then was utilizing her jujitsu. Uh, she was trying to get Robertson in a reverse triangle a few times, trying to lock up arm bars, just a lot of different things. But Robertson, she showed her composure, she weathered it, and got through the first round. Second round started, and Frota looked considerably tired looked so much more worn out Robinson just didn't look phased didn't look anything and so uh, Frota tried to take her down tried to impose her will but now she's lost a step which enabled Robinson to kind of reverse get the mount and just unload unload on frota she was ah man relentless it was relentless and she you know referee had to step in um and robinson won with a tko so really good performance and it, it shows that she can um 
you know, come back from adversity. So, yeah, very impressive. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see what happens with Robinson in the next fight, who they match her up with. Uh, on the prelims, there's some good fights. Um, Gavin Tucker against Choi Song-woo. Um, Choi Song-woo didn't look bad. He looked very sharp, very fast, very rangy. And, um, you know, Tucker, he was trying to work his way in and everything like that. He he was very good in the clinch um, and was able to take Choi Sung-woo down. Uh, I, like, I did feel that maybe, he, like, I think working on the go, you know, there was a few occasions where it... They showed a, a, a bit of a lack of fight IQ. And not like he was bad at fighting. But there was positions where like he could have got more out of. But he was it seemed like he was stuck in a certain way. And a certain approach. And also like. God damn it. He need woo in the head. Which was a bit like. Ooh. You know. It, like. It was a crazy one because whichever way you looked at the position, Wu was down. So I, I don't know what Tucker was looking at uh, and why he threw the knee. Uh, a point was taken, um, but I have to say, in the third round, Tucker really turned it on. Really turned it on. I think Wu was getting tired. He was losing a step, and it enabled Tucker to impose his will, get the takedown, and as soon as he got him down, and also this time, because on previous times he had taken Wu down, but he hadn't got both hooks in, which meant that he was never going to get any of the submissions that he was trying to go for. This time, though, in the third, got him down, got his hooks in, and it was over. It was a really good submission. Um, and so it, it it was a good performance. Because he, he did come back from adversity. He came back from losing a point. And he did change up. His, his corner told him to um, use a different approach. He did that. And it worked. So, um, yeah. It was it was a decent performance. Um, the next fight, Hakeem Dawadu against Yashiriri Hori. Oh man, this was a good fight. It was an interesting one because Hori was again very mobile at the beginning, very mobile, and he was throwing like a lot of diverse attacks because he was kind of all over the place. He was very hickledy. Um, yes, that is the technical term. Um, and Dawadu, he he was more compact. He was more compact. The one weird thing was, in the first round, he wasn't really throwing any leg kicks. Which would have been a way to kind of impose his will and slow him down. But yeah, for some reason, Dawadu wasn't throwing leg kicks. But he he did land in the first round, but come the second round, he started to be able to connect with knees. 
knees to the body and every time you threw a knee to the body you could see an impact you know you could see that this was taking effect on um on hori and so once it got into the third hori was extremely diminished from a lot of the attacks that Daudu was able to put forward in the second because now he's landing with knees he's landing to kicks to the body and he's landing with hard punches to the head and this had worn worn Hori down and so in the third ah Daudu he, he came with a great attack he he threw a head kick which rocked him he then think then he landed a knee and then just some ground and pound and referee had to jump in it was just yeah it was done so i think this was a good performance from Dowdu because i think he was able to um to deal with a weird style uh, there was different there's definitely things he could have done more of like leg kicks but i think he did show a lot of composure he didn't rush and you know the attrition worn down his opponent so yeah this this was good uh last fight alexi davis against vivian araju now araju looked really good in the first round like she was moving she was fast she was sharp and just landed on davis problem was after the first round well even getting to the end of the first round you could see that araju was getting tired getting drastically tired and so you kind of wondered like what like how's she training you know how is she training because yeah she doesn't seem to have a gas tank now uh, davis davis was like she was stuck she was in the fight she was in the fight to the end but she didn't seem to be able to change her game plan which was an issue for her and just meant she couldn't really take advantage of Aruju's just tank just completely going come the third. So Aruju got the win. Now she, you know, she does look like she is a good fighter, but she definitely needs to work on the stamina because it wasn't great. Really wasn't great. And you have to wonder where does Davis go from here because yeah i don't know i don't know i think it might be might be just best to hang up the gloves but she got pieced up in that fight so now we get to the main card um yeah the first fight first fight it was okay so it was mark andre Barriut against christoph jocko and like it was all right, but neither fighter really did much. I mean, Barry was coming forward, but he wasn't really throwing. So Jotku was throwing, um, 
even with like backing up and ch just moving around a ring like he did get caught every now and again because he is a bit upright but out of the two he probably engaged the most and so he got he got the victory but yeah it wasn't the best of fights Second fight, Olivia Orbon Marseille against Armin Tascarian. Um Now, this was a decent fight. This was a very back and forth fight, especially in the beginning. I mean, Armin got Oliver down in the first round, kind of held him in place. Didn't do a lot, but, you know, he had top position. Second round, Olivier was able to um, do a lot more, kind of, I think he he got his jab off, he, he had his kicks working, uh, there was a takedown, but he got back up, so you're thinking, okay, so going into the third, it's one all, but then something that I've noticed with Olivier in previous fights sometimes when he gets taken down he doesn't do an awful lot to get back up and that was the case in this fight so he got taken down with i think about two minutes left and then just didn't really do didn't do anything to get back to his feet like armand didn't do a whole heap of stuff in the top but you know he had top position so, like, he was always going to win that fight like that. And I think Olivier needs to learn, hey, if you get taken down, you got to get up. You can't, throwing elbows from the bottom is not going to win you a fight. It's just not going to do it. Uh, the only time you can, like, when Bisbing was throwing those elbows at GSP from the bottom... They were significantly hurting GSP. Cut him open. Then you could think, okay. It, like, GMP, GSP wasn't doing a lot. So you think, okay, Bisping might have won that exchange. But if you're, you know, just these little pit path shots from the bottom, they're not doing anything. You need to get up. So I think Olivier needs to work on that. Otherwise, yeah, I think his potential may not go anywhere. So, we're, we're now in um, the feature fight. Jeff Neal against Nico Price. And this was a fight, man. This really was a fight. My God. Both were just going back and forth. Now, you're kind of thinking that Neal wins this with takedowns and just a controlled approach. Because you knew Price was going to... Yeah, he was just going to throw balls at the wall. He was going to scrap. He was going to make it mucky. And, um, yeah, it's kind of what the fight... <laughs> it's kind of what the fight was. Like, um, I think there was times when Neil was... Tr it looked like he was trying to stick to his game plan. Trying to keep it, you know, uh, a safe fight for himself. Just didn't work. Didn't work. He kept on getting dragged into the crazy price and there was a few occasions where price rocked neil and you're like oh shit what's gonna happen here 
Um, yeah, luckily for Neil, uh, he he was able to um, kind of get a takedown. Um, no, actually, I think Price went to try and drag him down, try to pull guard, drag him down. So then um, Neil just landed ground and pound, landed some vicious ground and pound. Now, the thing is, you could say the fight was maybe stopped a little early. I guess there is an argument for that. But the thing is, Price was getting hit with some just ridiculous punches. Square on as well You know these weren't grazing shots So Yeah yes, you, you kind of think the referee Didn't have much of a choice Because Price wasn't getting up He he was kind of Trying to scramble But he every time he moved He was getting punched And punched hard So although Yeah it might have been a bit early You it's hard to really complain about it. You know, it's hard to fault, fault the way this fight finished. So, co-main event was Chris Cyborg against Felicia Spencer. Now, going in, I think everyone thought Cyborg was going to just obliterate Spencer. It was going to be one of those fights. Yeah, no. This was a crazy fight. And I think the big thing with this fight was the fact that Spencer is a legitimate featherweight. You know, she's not a bantamweight, like, just fighting at the higher division. She is a featherweight. So, I think that was the reason she could take a punch. Because I think bantamweights moving up, they're just a bit... You know, they're not accustomed to that weight. So the power is just a bit too much for them. But when you're a legitimate featherweight, yeah, I, I think taking the punch is easier. And, um, yeah, Spencer was able to take Cyborg's punches. Only it, towards the very end of the third round could you go, maybe she got hurt. Maybe she was slightly stunned. But, I don't know, even that's slightly debatable. Now, Spencer did land on Cyborg. She landed punches. She cut her with an elbow. You know, it wasn't, like, it wasn't bad. I think the problem with this fight for Spencer was the fact that she doesn't have knockout power. Like, she doesn't even really have power that will stun you. You know, I I think she can, like, keep you, keep most people off her, maybe with the punches. Or use a punch, her punches to get in to go for a takedown. But she's not going to stop you in your tracks. And you need that sort of power if you're going up against Cyborg. Her other issue was, it was just, I don't think her wrestling is great. So the way she usually takes people, I feel she usually takes people down 
um, from the clinch. So it gets you in a clinch and then trips you up, takes you down, does what she needs to do. With Cyborg, I feel you need to be able to wrestle. You need to be able to go in on that single or transition, go to a double, you know what I mean? Double to single, whatever, whatever. High crotch, low crotch, ankle pick, all of those things to get her down. And because that's not Spencer's style, she wasn't going to be taking Cyborg down. So that, I think that stopped her ability to really have a chance of winning this fight. But yeah, she she showed ridiculous heart, so much tenacity. You know, she she was there all three rounds. You know, she didn't take a step back. She kept on coming forward. So even though she lost, God damn it. You know what I mean? There, there's going to be plenty of people that will not want to fuck with her. For real. So, um, yeah. Cyborg won. Like, I, I, I do, you know, I think you could definitely say that, I don't know, Cyborg didn't show a lot of variety. Yeah, I think there was times when she could have changed up the game plan and maybe, you know, it could have brought better results. But I think she did become hesitant because, yeah, Spencer was throwing. They weren't ridiculously hard, but a punch in the face is a punch in the face, right? No one really wants to catch it, you know? But, uh, yeah, it, it was definitely a better fight than I think anyone had envisioned. So, yeah, that was great. And then we had the main event, Max Holloway against Frankie Edgar. And, um, hey, this... I, I, so, you know, I... I I kind of feel Frankie has probably had his time. I, I, he, I just never really felt that he would win this fight against Holloway. Now, he, he, he's looked good in some of his fights. His recent fights. You know, the Ortega loss was... Hey, that was the only blip, really, in recent times. Um, but... You know, Holloway had the reach. Holloway has the volume. Holloway, I just think he he was, he just had more variety. He's not known for his takedowns, which is the one area in which you kind of thought, oh, maybe if Edgar gets him down, you know, that could be it, right? But no, Edgar wasn't able to, to do that, really. He got one takedown in, I think... It was the fourth round. But, yeah, that was it. That was it. And Holloway got back up. So, I think if he would have held Holloway all the way through, he may have won that round. But when Holloway got back up, yeah, he won the round still. <sighs> yeah, I kind of feel Holloway probably won every round. Like, Edgar was... Edgar landed. Edgar wasn't bad in the fight. And I think an issue with Holloway is he can get hit. And so in this fight, he, he lowered his stance. Which, I think by lowering his stance, it allowed Edgar to hit him a whole lot more than if he was more 
upright. You know, if he was more upright and just, you know, let Edgar eat his jabs all day, that might have been better for him. But yeah, he lowered the stance. But even with lowering the stance, he was able to avoid most things that Edgar threw. Wasn't ever hurt in the fight. But he did rock Edgar on, oh, I don't know, at least five occasions. At least five occasions he rocked Edgar. And I mean, one of them, it, it was just he rushed slightly, which enabled Edgar to take him down. Um, and if that hadn't have happened, you kind of feel that he he could have probably stopped the fight. But. I did, it did kind of seem that Ed, uh, that Holloway, sorry, Holloway didn't really get into first gear, that although he won the fight, he clearly won the fight, but he, he could have maybe taken things up a notch, but for, I don't know, for, for whatever reason, he didn't really do that, but um yeah, I like it was a good fight. Don't get me wrong; it was definitely a good fight. But you kind of felt that I think Holloway possibly had more, could have maybe stopped the fight. So I think it will be um, Volkanovski who's next for Holloway. Because yeah, who else? Kerry, that's the thing. Who else? In the featherweight division, I do not know. So um, I mean, it's Alexander Volkanovski, and I know he's he's aiming. He would like to fight on the Whitaker Adesanya card, which hey, you can't blame him. Fighting in Australia, it's gonna be in a, in a huge stadium, so it kind of makes sense. And although this went five rounds, I don't think. Holloway probably got like too injured, so getting ready for October, I think. I mean, that's a, I think that could happen. I I think it could definitely happen. It would be a big payday for um, Holloway. Um, yeah. So it, I mean, it would make sense. Would make sense. Either that, or possibly maybe do Madison Square. Yeah, I think I think either of those cars would be reasonable, but um, who knows? We'll, we'll have to see. But next week, action doesn't stop, baby. So we've got um UFC on ESPN five, uh, and this is headlined with Kobe Covington against Robbie Lawler, which. Oh, that's a good one. I'm kind of thinking Lawler will take it, but who knows? But man, there's some good fights on this card. Jim Miller against Quake Clay Guida. That's another good one. You know, it's another good one. So yeah, um, I'm looking forward to it. But we'll see what happens, right? We will see what happens. But yeah, next Saturday, 3rd of August, UFC on ESPN 5.
All right, people, let's get to the next. Well, it was week six on Dana White's Contender Series. And, um, yeah, it was another night of some great fights. You you wonder when is it gonna calm down? You know when you like when are you just gonna get a, a week where there's maybe one contract or no contracts given out? But yo, I mean, as it should be, everyone has a fire under them, you know, and we're getting to see people put on some phenomenal performances. Like the first fight of the night was. In the heavyweight division, you had Mikhail Martinek against Rodrigo Nascimento, and um, oh man, this this one did not go long. I think Martinek came out, um, but Rodrigo was able. Yo, he threw a kick, but the knee hit Martinek. Um, and then he was able to get Martinek down, and once it was on the ground, ah, Rodrigo had it, he had control, and he was quick to sink in an arm triangle, and, uh, get the submission win, so yeah, that, it was, it was a really good quick victory, uh, the next fight, we had Rico Farrington, Against Daniel Rodriguez. Um, Farrington had a huge reach advantage in this one. And um, yeah, when we were seeing them fight, at times Farrington did use that advantage. But I think the big problem was he only at times did he do it. Uh, for the most part, they were kind of vying back and forth on the feet. Like, no one was really doing a lot to impose their will. And then in the second round, Rodriguez got a takedown. And once he got the takedown, I think you could see that was going to be the way forward for him. He was... Able to get another one in the third. Um, in the third though, Farrington did come forward more. Did come forward more, but it—I don't know. It was—it was a strange one because he didn't seem to be able to really connect. He didn't seem to be able to connect. Like out of the two, Rodriguez was probably the one coming forward the most. But he, he he became very reliant on his overhand right. So he, all these attacks were pretty predictable. And he didn't really show much variation in what he was doing. He was throwing a leg kick. Which Farrington just wasn't checking at all. Which you were just like, Jesus man. But crazy thing is, it didn't seem to flow Farrington down at like one bit. One bit. But, yeah, there was just vast limitations in the attacks from both fighters. Farrington just really didn't use the reach. Like, 
he he sometimes extended the jab, didn't really throw many kicks, but you're like, look, when you're that tall and you've got that longer reach, hey, your leg reach is going to be huge too, but he just wasn't using it. You know, you, you thought it was great opportunity for him to, but just wasn't using it. So, um, yeah, it ended. Rodriguez got the decision, got the decision win, um, which you could kind of see happening. Like it was only really going one way, but yeah, not not an overly, in, you know, just not an overly exciting fight. Uh, next up, we had Maria Agapova against Tracy Cortez. Um, like one thing about about this show is, yo, so many of the fighters have got these crazy stories, and Cortez's story was just like it was one of those where you know. She's like, her brother was a fighter, he fought a fight, and then he was getting tired throughout the fight, but he persevered, won, and then he died of a tumour a few days later, and you're just like, oh, oh my god, and then it was just like, oh yeah, and then five months, years later, my mum died of cancer, and you're just like, Jesus, man, but it's that one thing, isn't it? That you wonder. Because, hey, look, people have sad stories. But, you know, that doesn't mean you're going to win. And But you just feel for people. Because, like, if they drop that kind of story and then they lose, it's just like, oh. And when you saw them together, yo, Agapova looks like the more imposing fighter. She was taller. She... She just looked physically more imposing. And when it started, yo, she was throwing punches, man. Agapova was throwing punches, connecting on Cortez. But then Cortez took her down. And once she took her down, oh, man, it was like a switch got flicked. And and Cortez really imposed her will in the fight just seemed to take over and you know she she was dominating on the ground and then when it went back to the feet yo now Cortez was dominating on the feet you know and Agapova it it didn't seem she could throw anything on Cortez's level which was strange so Agapova had the reach advantage she had the height advantage but after I think, you know, long periods on the ground, it was just like Cortez had sucked the wheel out of her and could now just control the fight wherever she wanted. And, yeah, Cortez looked extremely dominant, extremely dominant. It probably spent more time on the ground um, and, you know, she had... Agapova's back for most of the fight but just was unable to get the the arm under the chin and get the choke but 
when it moved she was able to transition to mount and yeah so she completely controlled it so wasn't able to get the submission win but a very dominant performance a very dominant performance next up was Alon Cruz against Stephen Wynn although though it's pronounced Wynn but it's spelled N-G-U-Y-E-N so I don't know I always thought that would be Nisian but yeah it's Wynn Stephen Wynn who knew right well I guess he knew but yes um this was an exciting fight both fighters were just on it from the giddy up they were going after each other they were throwing punches and kicks but i think out of the two Cruz had the better kicks and the more, more variety in the kicks so he threw a few front kicks one that hit win right in the chin um he was throwing head kicks that were getting blocked but you know when you hear that impact you're like yo that still can't have been nice uh so yeah he cruises kicks i think were the difference but win was throwing um like a lot of leg kicks and then just a lot of combinations and so um, Wynn was coming forward a lot, pressuring. But yeah, it was very back and forth. So it was hard to tell, like, who had this fight. Um, yeah, it didn't seem that either could knock the other out. But they were definitely giving it a go. So we got into the third round. And it's just anyone's fight. It's back and forth. Um, I I think there was maybe like 30 seconds left. I think there was a call for 30 seconds left. Nugent, I mean, Wynn came forward. And Cruz just jumped with a perfect flying knee. And Wynn went down, Wynn went down, Cruz followed him, landed a couple of shots, just on the chin, on the chin, referee had jumped in, oh man, if, if, like, if you think dramatic wins, yo, you would see a picture of this, because uh, it was crazy, it was a crazy fight, with an even crazier finish, yeah, that was well. You know what I mean? To the point, of the point of the night that was fire tonight for sure, for sure. Uh, so then the last fight on the card was Aleska Camor against Fabio Charant, and um, yeah. So this was light heavyweight. Um, and, uh, yeah, both, both were like, you know, big, both dudes were big, imposing, and, uh, you know, both were, were throwing, both were throwing, um, 
you know, it, I, I think it was a bit of a feeling out in the first round. But yeah, they were they were both, you know, they weren't taking it easy. So the second round starts, and you know now they're comfortable. Now both are comfortable, and they're, you know, the punches are coming faster and heavier. And um, Sharon lands a great overhand on Kuma, and um, yeah, and you think, oh shit! So he's following um Kamur in. Following him in, looking to finish the fight. Problem was, he he left his um his left arm down, left his left arm down, which then allowed Kabur to jump with a flying knee, second of the night, and second with brutal effect. Man, Sharon was. Rocked and he, yo, he staggered backwards. Kamur followed him in, um, landed a few more. Sharon went down. He's trying to avoid the punches, he's trying to cover up. It's just not gonna work. It's just not gonna work. And Kamur just landed, just continuous ground and pound to the point that the referee had to jump in. And, um, yeah, stop the fight. It, it was crazy. So, from being hurt and it looking like he was going to get knocked out, Kamir came back and he stopped Sharon. Whoa. You know what I mean? Whoa. So, you know, when... All was said and done, and you're looking at the fights, and you're thinking, all right, who was probably going to get contracts? Well, last two winners for sure. So you thought Kamur and Cruz, both with the flying knees, both were going to get contracts. Um, then Rodrigo Nascimento, yo, he's a heavyweight. And, you know what I mean, he won with good jiu-jitsu on the ground. So, heavyweight division is always light. So, you're thinking, hey, he's got a contract. Then, um, Tracy Crook, Tracy Cortez in the, um, in the flyweight division. Yeah, 125. God damn it. Yes, flyweight, flyweight, flyweight. I always get it mixed up, but yes, flyweight. You know, she didn't get a finish, but she was extremely dominant. Extremely dominant. And with her story, you're just like, oh, I think she's going to get a contract. But that was the one that you weren't quite sure on. But if you had to take, you know... If you had to take a, a bet, you you would side on her getting one. Um, and Daniel Rodriguez, he he won, but it was just a bit of a lackluster performance. So you thought, yeah, he's not going to get one. So when Dana spoke to Laura Sanko at the end, yeah, Rodrigo Nascento got a contract. Um. Alan Cruz got a contract. 
Aleska Kamor got a contract. And so did Tracy Cortez. So another great night for contracts. Whoa. Week six, man. God damn it. So yeah, looking forward to um to week seven next week. But um ah, yeah, it's coming to a close. You know what I mean? So September it will be done, but hey, at least we've got four I think four more four more of these, which is all good. So yeah. Um we'll be back next week with um yeah, the results from week seven of Dana White's contender series. <laughs> Okay, people, so, yeah, that's it for another episode. Uh, we're going to look at some news, and then we're going to bounce. Um, so, as we know, right now, there are a few different rule sets happening in uh, mixed martial arts, mainly around certain things of the rules, like a downed fighter. Well... Um, there was the recent meeting of the Association of Boxing Commissions and Combative Sports, uh, and they, um, yeah, they made an alteration of its rule on the definition of a grounded fighter. So, under the new language, a fighter is considered grounded if they have anything more than just the soles of their feet on the mat. Thus, a fighter who has a fist or palm on the ground will be considered grounded and cannot be attacked with kicks or knees to the head. Should only a fighter's fingers be touching the mat, they will not be considered grounded. Hmm... Okay, so, right, fingers don't count, fist, palm does count. I I mean, that still could be a bit tricky, because I can guarantee if people, will, they'll go, oh, it was my fist, even if it was just fingers, and yeah, could be, could be tricky, could be tricky, but hey, we'll see if, um... This does anything. Supposedly, uh, it was past 42 to nothing. So it seems that all the everyone involved is happy with the new language. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see if everyone actually adopts it. Because, yeah, there's been a lot of mix-ups around this of late. Um, but, yeah, who knows, man? Who knows? But um, there's been some interesting fights that are being announced or um, fights that have been um, kind of called for, like uh, Christoph Jotko coming off his victory at the weekend is asking for a rematch with Uriah Hall. Now, I don't know because... Hey, it's not like he looked incredible in his fight. 
So I, I, I think Raya Hall, if Raya Hall fights to Raya Hall's full capabilities, I think Hall still takes that fight. You know what I mean? I don't think much will change um, when it comes from that. So Mackenzie Dern could be back. So um, word is that um, she should have a fight with Amanda Rebus. I believe it's for um, October sometime. I think that's what I heard. Which could be interesting. Be interesting to see... Um, yeah, well, because like one of the big knocks on Dern is that she doesn't fully commit to training. So she's been off having a baby. So has she been training? That's the big question. But you know, when it gets to the ground, she's ridiculous. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. So Nicholas Dolby is back with the UFC. And he's going to be on the Copenhagen card, which um, I know he was calling for. But I'm surprised because his last fight in Cage Warriors, yo, that was not a great fight. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, it, it makes sense to have him on that card. Um, what else? Well, um, gosh, what was the other fight? Uh Corey Anderson supposedly against Johnny Walker for the Madison Square Garden card. Now, that is a big test for for Johnny Walker. So I think that I think firstly if Johnny Walker wins, that then kind of establishes him as a threat in the division. And if Corey Anderson wins, I think his next fight will be against John Jones. But um, yeah, I thought that if that happens, that's interesting. Now, uh, uh, the fight, uh, ooh, really interests me right now. Gillian Robinson against Macy Barber. Now, basic Macy Barber, she got to the UFC from the Contender series. She's got this whole thing about wanting to be the youngest champion in the UFC's history. Um, so you, we have that. But in the last fight, her, her um, striking was exposed. Her striking defense was exposed. And you know what I mean? She, looked, she didn't look great. Now, she gutted through and and took the fight in the next round so she's definitely got heart for days but against Gillian Robinson jeez I I think the savage takes Barber man because Robinson is she's got good hands you know what I mean like she got that great win by ground and pound at the weekend and her um, ground game is tight. So, yeah, I, I kind of feel that, hey, Barbara might be taking her first L when it comes to the UFC. But we will see. The, but this is um, supposedly going to take place at UFC Boston. So, um, yeah, I am looking forward to that. 
And then um, I guess the last thing is probably Cyborg. Cyborg, I think Cyborg might be done with the UFC. Because, yeah, she she's at loggerheads with Dana. Um, and she posted the old video of Rogan, Dana and all of that. Just laughing over a joke. You know what I mean? Laughing over a joke. So that's old. It's old. And it got cleared up. So it's weird that she dragged it back to the surface. Because, like, really, all that has been said of late is, yo, she don't want to fight Amanda. That's what's being said. Now, that shit gets said because, you know... You want to kind of make someone... It's reverse psychology. Like, everyone knows that shit. It's reverse psychology, right? So, it's nothing bad. There's not. It's not a character assassination. But now she's making it weird. Like, there is a piece on ESPN... Um, where she was talking to Ariel Hawani... And saying that, oh yeah, I want him to apologise publicly. You know, Rogan didn't apologise public to me. Like, Rogan did apologise to her on his podcast. So, I don't know what... She she seems to be in this delusion that everyone's out to get her. And she, she thinks the UFC is shit for wanting her to sign a six-fight contract. It's business sense, fair. You're not going to sign her to a one-fight contract because if she wins, then she's, like, got the title as hostage. You're just not going to do it. It doesn't make any sense. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, I kind of feel that, you know what I mean? I, I think her time at the UFC might be done. But, you know, so so be it, man. You know, Like, yeah, whatever, whatever. There's, you know, she'll go to another... Like, she wants to talk about, like, the the 145 division at Bellator and how it's so much better. It really... Like, when you see the fights, they're not great fights. They might have a, a few more women signed. They're not great fighters, though. So, yeah, it, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. Like, I, I get the impression that she does kind of just want simple fights... You know what I mean? Make money. Which you you can't blame someone for really. Because who really wants to get punched in the face hard? You know what I mean? But um, yeah. Fuck, who knows? I don't even really care to be honest. I think that ship sailed a long time ago. I'm more interested in 115, 125. You know what I mean? Those divisions. They're kind of crazy right now. And even the Bantamweight, 135, that's kind of crazy. That's where it's at with the female divisions, you know what I mean? So, yeah. But that's where it is right now, people. So, um, hey, next week is Robbie Lawler against Kobe Covington. So, going to be um uh, watching that and bringing you the results. All right, people, take it easy, and we'll check you next week. Peace.